Hey, hey, friends. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Emma. And you're listening to Foyer Chats. Here in the foyer, we talk all things business, lifestyle, and everything in between. Come for the coffee shop style chats. Leave with a fire under your booty to take on all the things. All right, Emma, you ready to dive in? Heck yeah, let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Foyer Chats. We are super excited today. We have a guest with us, Caitlin Parker. She is the owner of Copy Uncorked, and that is a boutique copywriting studio that works with modern brands and creative entrepreneurs to help them get crystal clear messaging and high converting copywriting in a fun but serious about results manner. She has the cutest branding combination of her two favorite things, words and wine, which We're so excited to dive even further into, but it basically sounds like we're besties already because she loves wine, her husband, and hanging with her golden doodle, which same, so we're living the same life, but just wanted to welcome Caitlin to the podcast, and yeah, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. First of all, I just love your Instagram and your website. I think I could get lost in your website for like a week and a half. It's so rich. I love <laughs> it's that. ridiculous. It's so good. So it's good. always fun when a website makes you feel like you actually want to like hang out there. Like you wish it was like a physical place that you could go to. So that's a big compliment. Thank you. 100% what your website is. So you nailed that. <laughs> cool. So I'm glad that that <laughs> transferred. It's really cool. So you guys all have to go check it out. But I just wanted to start off and spill the tea a little bit. We want to get to know what Copy Uncorked is. What do you do? What do you offer? Give us give us all the details. Yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, we are a copywriting and brand strategy studio. So we work with clients really in all different types of industries, but we specialize in helping them with their brand messaging, um, which is basically a long Google document that helps them articulate all the different statements of their business from, you know, mission statement and vision statement to brand storylines to Instagram bio, like all the little pieces that you need words to communicate and market yourself on a brand, we help them outline and write out. And then we use that foundation to help clients craft their website copy. So again, all the words that you see on a website, all the content that's there, um, and really doing it in a way that is fun and inviting and creates an experience for readers, allows them to kind of get to know you. So we do work with a lot more kind of like personality driven um, brands. And then we do a little bit of launch copy as well. So think like email sequences, longer form sales pages, whether it's for a course or a high end service or something like that. So we work really closely with designers because obviously copy goes hand in hand with the design, which is something that I'm really passionate about. um, And is a lot of fun to just get to look at it from the full creative direction and full creative angle of a project. That's so cool. And I think you do a lot, like you sell resources and things too for people to kind of do on their own, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Definitely. That's kind of an area that's developed as the business and the service side of things have grown is really just being able to provide opportunities for DIY as well as done with you. So we have a few like templates and um, just kind of like, quick write opportunities for people that you can go and grab inside of the Copy and Cork shop. And then we also have two signature courses um, that are, one of them is more of a group program, but they basically mirror what our signature one-on-one process is. So kind of leading people through 
creating their own brand messaging and creating their own website copy. And I was passionate about doing that, not just because we started to get to a place where, um, you know, thankfully we were getting lots of great inquiries and, you know, as a service provider, you can't work with everyone and you want to. So A, to just create an offering for people who needed it, but also because I DIY'd like for years, like kind of like leading up to starting my business. And I still DIY a lot of things. And I, I really believe in the power of words. And I think you can be that much more successful as a business owner when you've really taken ownership of your messaging and you're really like, you know, your business inside and out and better than anyone else. So when you need to quickly promote something or get a quick landing page up, words are not this like intimidating thing that you feel like you can't overcome without hiring someone. And then you know, you're constantly like losing profitability because you're bringing contractors in to do things for you. So I just love the idea of being able to give people the tools and the confidence and the frameworks that, yeah, I, I can do this and I can get stuff done in my business and, and feel really good about it. It just gives me chills to hear you talk about this stuff because you clearly just get so passionate about it and this is what you're supposed to be doing. So it's so fun to hear all this. Thank um, you. Yeah, I, we're definitely going to dive into just more specifics of everything that you just said. But let's hear a little bit about you before we get into that. So who are you? How did you get started on this career path? And yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, awesome. I'm definitely a very um, multi-passionate person. I grew up um, as an athlete. I played field hockey in college and was just pretty much always playing sports. And it's kind of funny. I went to the University of Virginia and it was like we were there during orientation, you know, and they're like, OK, what do you want to major in? And I'm like, I'm going to major in communications and journalism. And they're like, we don't have that major. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? But I was like a field hockey player and I committed to go to the school for field hockey. And I just didn't even think about that. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I guess I'll just major in English. And then, you know, you've probably heard a million times. People are like, what do you do with an English major? And, you know whoever actually uses their English majors. So it's pretty funny that I actually do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that foundation because it did just give me like, um, just such a respect for writing and the craft in general. So I started exploring with blogging and I was really just like sharing my life, my workouts, my faith, like whatever I wanted to. And I just started to spend more and more time trying to figure out like, how can I get paid to write and couldn't really decide what career field I wanted to go into because I loved lifestyle brands and I loved fitness and wellness. And I loved like on any given day, I was like wanting to apply to like a million different jobs because there were just so many things that I wanted to do. So during my master's program, um, which was in strategic communications, I kind of learned a little bit more about the specific field and discipline of copywriting. And it was just like the biggest light bulb moment because I was like, oh my gosh, I can work with so many different business owners in different industries. I can write, it can be creative. Um, so it's fun and it's cool to just see how it's evolved. And now I have some clients that I almost serve a little bit in like a creative director editorial role, which has been really fun because that was kind of an initial like dream job for me that I didn't even really figure out how I was ever going to get there. You know, I thought I would have had to like live in New York or something and have an internship to be able to do, to be able to do something like that. So it's cool. It's just taken on a path of its own. And um, yeah, I, I, I do really love it. And it's the best part has definitely been the relationship building aspect that has come out of it. So did you start your own business right out of college then? Or did you work for a couple of different companies? Or how did that happen? 
Yeah, I worked for a couple of different companies. So my first job out of college was actually um, as an account manager for a recruiting company in the IT industry. Um, But it definitely gave me really good foundational sales training and just a little bit of business training even because like as a recruiter, you basically have to get to know your client and their business really well to figure out what they need when they're hiring. So it kind of gave me like a broad foundation that I feel like has allowed me now as a copywriter, when people come to me, I'm kind of able to understand how a lot of different industries work, even though I maybe haven't worked directly within them. And then after that, I worked for Lululemon. um, And that was an amazing three or four years of my life of just being able to open a few different stores with them. That's what eventually brought me back home to Virginia Beach is because they were opening one here. And that really ignited like my love for branding and um, Lululemon's culture is phenomenal and just all of that. So it kind of all came together. It's like when you sit down in an interview and you're trying to like connect the dots for the person that's interviewing you and you're like, it all makes sense. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) like ended up fitting together. So that's so cool. And I think it's so great to hear, especially if people are in that in-between or they're in those first or second jobs after school, and they're just like, how is this going to get me to what I want? Yeah. And it's just so encouraging to hear how you've been able to look back and be like, yeah, I learned that skill from here and that skill from here. And it all just bundles together and makes sense now. I think that's- Yeah. And I love doing that for clients when we're working on their messaging because- you know, we're close to our business, we're close to our life experiences, and we don't always see it for ourselves. So it's fun to be able to sit down and, and help other people figure that out, too, and kind of pull the different things and pieces together and be like, wow, look at what this kind of evolved into and made you so uniquely qualified to be able to run the business that you do and to position yourself differently from other people, even though our online world and industry can feel really saturated sometimes. So you're basically a business therapist on the side. (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) That's so cool. All right. Let's back up and go kind of 101 a minute. Why would you say copy is so important? And do you feel like people or business owners when they're first starting out overlook it and overlook the importance of it? Yeah. And it's funny when I originally rebranded to Copy Uncorked because I later started, sorry, I realized I didn't really answer your initial question, but I later started my LLC when I was in my master's program. I just, I was like, I want to start a business. I don't know what that looks like. I just, so I was helping people with social media, with like installing WordPress templates and designing them. I mean, I was doing like, like everything. So I had that for about three and a half, almost four years before I rebranded to Copy Uncorked and really went like full scale into copywriting. Um, But when I rebranded, I was a little bit worried that people weren't really going to understand what copy was, especially newer business owners. And so one of our original taglines was get your words flowing, because I was just trying to convey to people like, words are so important to business. And I think newer business owners jump in and they think like, social media and they think the flashier stuff and they think the marketing, but it's so hard to market yourself when you don't have the words and the language to do that. It like, it not only like holds you up from actually being able to execute something, but it keeps you from wanting to really put yourself out there because you don't feel like you have a message and kind of a platform to stand on. Um, But the other reason why it's so important is, you know, of course for sales, that's ultimately the goal of copy is to help people take an action. But, um, my husband and I, when we were drinking wine the other night, he's like one of those big people that reads the back label and is always like wanting to see the way that they describe it and like the tasting notes. 
And a couple of the wines that we've had recently didn't have anything on the back label. And he was like, so annoyed and was like, I don't know how to like describe it if it's if there's no copy, basically on the back of the bottle. And so that's one of my favorite like aspects of copy is that ultimately what you're doing is you're giving your audience the language and the vocabulary to be able to talk about you on your behalf. So they are able to then go and share about your brand with other people. They can create word of mouth and referrals. Like that's what makes people get excited about something and like to have it click for them. And so when you don't have copy or you haven't invested in that, other people are like, oh, I don't know. She has this business. It's, it's cool. I don't really know what it is or what she does versus when the message is clear and they can explicitly say what you do and share it with other people. Okay, first off, I love that you get to use wine with everything. (laughs) I'm so jealous. (laughs) I love it so much. It's so it's so fun to see how you incorporate that with everything. Um, But I definitely I can relate to this so much. Everything you just said, Um, I've only been in business for just about two years. And that's for sure something in the beginning that I think I knew what the word copy meant. I did go to design school, so I hope. I did. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, that's not something that I right off the bat realized was so important, but very quickly realized how dang important it is. So I guess what would be if you're talking to someone who's just getting started out, they're not someone that can hire a copywriter, or hire this out. What are when you're in the DIY phase, just getting started on your website, what are your like tips, I guess, tips and tricks that you would give to those people? Um, I would definitely say, I think it's important to focus on what your offers are and what your revenue drivers are. Because again, the goal of copy is basically to ultimately sell something to create some sort of a conversion, whether that's signing up for your email list, following you on Instagram, buying a a product or service from you. And it's going to dictate how you organize and develop the entire structure and flow of something like a website. So when you don't know what you're selling or what you have to offer people, that's when things tend to get a little bit lost in translation. And that's when we've even struggled. If clients have come to us, they want to hire us for copy and we're like, great, what are we selling? And it's like the offers are not defined. The packages are not really there. And we can, of course, like consult and help and strategize with them to create more defined packages or things like that. But you need to know what you're selling and who you're selling it to and why, like, you know, Aside from that, like once you've kind of figured out those core foundational pieces of basically just your business, then it's about thinking about how you want to make people feel when they land on your site. You know, do you want to make them feel really energized? And this is kind of where the design piece comes in. And if that's the case, then maybe we're using brighter colors and all of this stuff. But for me in building Copy Uncorked, I feel like that's what you saw a lot of in the industry was like bold fonts and bright colors and like things that just felt like bye, bye, bye. And so I was like, I want to create something that just makes people feel totally disarmed and relaxed when they come on my website that makes them like, Oh, like I can do this copywriting thing. This is, this is approachable. So kind of like if they were coming into your physical house, like what's the mood and the experience that you want to create for people and then work on your branding from that angle and from that perspective. I feel like there's so many things that you just said that I just want to write down in my sticky note wall and put it everywhere. (laughs) So that's so Kelsey's literally right what now. I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good. I think that a lot of people just look past the first thing when you start a business, which is niching down into what do you actually want to do and what do you want to sell? So I think that that's really 
that speaks to a lot that even with copy, that that's the thing that you have to start out with. So regardless of what you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to hire something out, if you don't know what you are selling and don't know who your client is, it's not really worth doing the other stuff. (laughs) Exactly. And you can refine it over time. You know what I mean? Like it's just pick something, test it, see how it works, decide whether you even like offering that service. You know, when someone books it, if you're like, oh gosh, someone booked that service again. Like that's a pretty good sign that you should probably change that package or that offering, you know? But I think that we get so like afraid to commit to putting certain offers on our website because we feel like we're going to be married to them forever, but it doesn't have to be like that. And you can go through different seasons and iterations of your business without even having to have some huge pivot, but there needs to kind of be like a consistent through line. Um, Like I knew that websites were something that I just love. So we're always going to have some sort of a website copy service or offering or course, what have you, because that's kind of like the core of the brand. But other services that we offer may come and go. They may vary from time to time based on, you know, current load, what people are asking for, all of that. So just know that you can grow and evolve over time too. Well, and I think especially in this last year, a a lot of people, myself included, have learned this so much because there has had to be so many different pivots in your business. And a lot of people, I think, did really well in this past year because they had to pivot and they had to choose different things that were going to work. So I think that was, I think for me personally, that was a huge lesson that I learned in this last year. So yeah, definitely. It was like we no longer had the option to wait for permission. We were like forced to just make a decision and run with something. 100%. Yes, that's that's how I felt <laughs> over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> it's a freeing thing, you know, like that's like the beauty of owning your own business too, is just like, the autonomy of it and knowing like if I'm kind of going down a path that doesn't feel like it's working or I'm not enjoying it or something happens where I'm forced to make a change like that's within my power to do like that's kind of the exciting part that's the freedom element to me yes so much there's different seasons of your life your business life and I mean your family life like I'm pregnant right now so things are going to have to change in my business in the next couple months so it's but that's that's the beauty of it is that it can because I have the space to do that So I love to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we, let's kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about repurposing copy because that's probably something, I mean, I thought when I started that I had to do this, 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 and 500,000 other things that had to all have different copy, but. And it's intimidating. Like Mm -hmm. it it holds me back from, okay, I want to write a blog post, but uh, that's a lot of work. And then finish out my website copy, like. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think that's a really big misconception that our like words or our copy is somehow like a dress that you wear to a wedding and post on Instagram and you don't want to like, you don't want to be seen wearing it again, you know, but it's not like that. And that's really why we put so much energy and focus on those brand messaging guides. And before we even kind of start fleshing them out, we're trying to figure out like, what is the big idea? Like, what is the theme? Or if you're someone who does have more of a concept brand like we do, like it kind of came back to this idea of like, get your words flowing. And again, like I already kind of talked about a little bit, but like, what is that kind of that core thing? And then what are the words and phrases that we're using? And we're actually trying to repeat some of those. I think it's Donald Miller who has said that marketing is an exercise in repetition. So coming back to that whole idea of giving your audience the language and the vocabulary to talk about you, 
when you're changing up the language every other week, it's like, they can't remember that. You can't remember that, you know? So it's kind of coming up with those core pieces and sets of language and then using them on your website and then pulling little snippets from your website to use in the social media caption it at the, the end of a blog post. Like you can absolutely recycle a lot of that stuff and there should be some consistency to it. Well, and I don't think I ever even thought about it that way where you're actually doing a disservice to your clients by using different copy. Like, yeah, I knew it would be easier for me to repurpose copy, but I never thought about it that way. That's so, so good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's why those jingles are on like radio ads for <laughs> months and years on end, you know, because we all know them and it's like, it makes it one of the first things that come to mind. And we don't have to do it sounding like, you know, a robot. It can be like, in a bolder font at the top, you know, and then the the actual body content of your email or your blog post could be different, but your, your kind of main messaging statements are used consistent, consistently and regularly. No, that makes so much sense. I love what you just said, Emma, too. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I'm just having so many light bulb moments in here. (laughs) Caitlin, can we just talk forever? Um, I want to know about selling because mostly selfishly, but I think a lot of people listening will too. I have some new offers coming out in the future. So I want to know any tips you have on selling with copy. Yeah. So there's like this um, sales exercise that I think that they put like new sales reps through either as like a test or in an interview where they like have a pen and they basically like tell the sales rep to tell me the pen. And, you know, some people will just start being like, oh, it's a ballpoint pen and the ink lasts for forever. And they just go straight into the features and the benefits. They're just selling the product, but they never even really ask, like, do you use pens? Do you like pens? Like they never even kind of find out from the person that they're trying to sell to how that pen affects their life, like the way that they use it. So for me, anytime that I'm trying to write for a client or for ourselves, I try to start with empathy and understanding that person's day-to-day life. How does what I do and what we offer impact them for the better in a way that they will experience results and a transformation? And that A is going to bring excitement and enthusiasm for what you're selling. And B, it's going to allow people to understand how it's relevant to them. So you're immediately going to be able to capture their attention when you're kind of speaking to some of those things. Um, But as far as kind of more specific little things that you can do, like grammatically, it would be like using the active voice and, you know, kind of having um, punchier headlines that use action verbs and again, capture their attention, being really specific. I feel like I say this all the time, but it's not just talking about wine. It's saying Pinot Noir. It's not just saying, you know, that you love candles, but like you love Santal candles. Like what's your favorite scent? Like create sensory like light bulb moments for people where things feel specific and they can relate to it versus just this kind of dry language that you could take your logo off and put someone else's on there and it would work for them too. So um, leading with empathy, being really specific and having energy in your language and in your voice. Um, And then the last thing that I would say is just being really conscientious of what their questions might be like, what information do they need to know to be able to come to a decision? If you haven't provided them with enough information or a next step to obtain more information, then you're likely going to have people that drop off and are uninterested because they don't understand what you're selling. 
That's awesome. I think that's perfect. The three points, the be specific, lead with empathy, and answer their questions ahead of time. That is just a, such a great thing to go into any sort of sales copy with that in mind. So, Well, and it simplifies it a lot, I think, because in my head, there's all these different things that you have to do, but that makes it so simple what you just said, those three tips. So write those down, people. Those are good. <laughs> those are really good. Awesome. <laughs> I have a question for, okay, if you're not you're just past the DIY phase and you're starting to, you know, experiment with out, you know, paying for someone to do your copy or whatnot. What mm-hmm. area of your business is that most effective? Is it a website or mm-hmm. should you, you know, pay for someone to help with launch copy first or mm-hmm. email sequences? Yeah, for me, it's it's the website. I just feel like everything comes back to the website. Get the website up there to start like helping your SEO, especially if you're going to be blogging and you're doing content, like you need like a stake somewhere on the internet that you own, that everything is kind of pointing back to that holds all the rest of your social media links that allows people to opt into an email list. Like it's all about the website (laughs) for me. It's just like, that's the online business card. That's the online storefront. Um, And there are of course, so many different ways to get a website up that can range from a cheaper DIY where you're working off of a template and you're writing your own copy and you're hiring a friend to shoot a few photos for you, or you're using free stock photos that you sourced all the way up to, you know, the high five figure expensive websites where you're outsourcing every single part of that. So I think sometimes you just have to pick and choose. You have to decide like, is the photography most important to me? Is that an area that I really want to invest in? Because I'm actually pretty good at tech stuff, so I can figure out a website platform from a template. And I'm going to go through a course that only costs me a few hundred dollars that's going to teach me how to write my website copy. And then I'm going to put all those things together. So I think we actually have a blog post. um, I think it's called How to Build a Brand on Any Budget. And it kind of walks you through all of those options. Like, We'll put that in the show notes if you send it to us. Okay. It's like, these are the different puzzle pieces. This is kind of what you can expect to pay. And you have to kind of put those things together. Obviously, everybody would love to just completely outsource it and pay experts to do every single part of it. But when budget is typically more of a concern early on, or you really just even want to test a concept first. So I almost don't, I don't recommend, you know, shelling out a a large portion of your savings to go do that until you've kind of started to build interest or like DIY things a little bit, get more familiar because your business could change, you know, six months from then, once you realize, oh, I actually don't like delivering this service. And then you feel like you have to change everything, but you just paid and hired all of these people. So again, it's why I love (laughs) courses and creating educational offers so that people can kind of figure some of that out until they get to that phase a little bit later in business where they're just, they're confident. They know what their offerings are. They know who their audience is. And they're like, help me bring new life to this new language that really helps me stand out. And that's when I think it's a great time to kind of take it a level a little bit higher and outsource a bit more. I think that everyone listening just took a big sigh of relief. (laughs) (laughs) I think when you start a business, you think, okay, I got to have all my ducks in a row, have all this perfect. So maybe that is something, you know, if you are fully aware that website is the most important thing, pretty much. you might hire that out right off the bat. But if it's something like for me, for example, if I did that right when I started, that just would not have worked because my business has shifted so much. And now might be the right time for me to do that. But back then it wouldn't have. And I think that that's really, really good to hear from your coming from you because a lot of 
people starting out, yeah, they feel like they have to do everything right off the bat, you know? Yeah. I don't know if it's, um, it's like a quote that says something like, uh, do what you can with what you have. And I don't know if I'm combining two quotes, but then the other part is like, when you know better, do better. That might've been a Maya Angelou quote. I'll have to like look up who said that, but I kind of keep that in the back of my head. Like do what you can with what you have. And when you know how to do something better, or you have more money to help you do something better then do better. And that's kind of the evolution process of growing your business. And, and it makes it fun. And the other good thing is I feel like website platforms, apps like Canva, Creative Market, I mean, they've all come like such a far way that you absolutely have all the tools that you kind of need to put things together without like, you don't have to know code, you don't have to do all of these things, you know, of course, it's probably not going to be as perfect or as amazing as if you did outsource everything, but you can still create a brand that you're proud of and love and that works and allows you to start making a profit and an income from your products or services, and then continue to level up as you need to. Do you have a couple of website platforms that you like to recommend to people right off the bat? Yeah. So I um, have used ShowIt for probably about the past four years. And I absolutely love it because as someone who just loves design, it's fully customizable. You can literally do anything Um, Some people pick it right up, especially people who are maybe photographers or videographers, because the back end of it kind of looks like an Adobe program. So people like kind of pick it up because the control panel and all of that looks familiar. Um, I feel like I picked it up pretty quickly, but there is a learning curve to it, I think, just because there's so much possibility and so many options. And you have to design both the desktop and the mobile. So it it starts to be a lot of work for people, I think. Um, but if you're up for it, you can find beautiful show it templates. They allow you to do absolutely anything. So again, I, I just, I can't say enough good things about that platform. Um, but I also have worked with a lot of designers who use Squarespace. I think that's a great platform. You can obviously get up and running pretty quickly with Squarespace. Um, I have not used WordPress for years, but all of my early blogs were on WordPress. Um, actually show it integrates with WordPress. So you'll have a show it website, but you'll use WordPress as the blogging platform. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the three that I feel like we come across the most is show it Squarespace and, and WordPress. I second show it as a photographer. I love it. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm, I'm curious, do you have any like favorite book recommendations or business resources that have been transformational for you at all? I didn't prep you on that question, but yeah, no, that's okay. Um, I, we do have a resources page. It's copyandcork.com slash resources that has some of my favorite, um, copywriting books, some that are more advanced than others. Um, but I think, especially if you're newer to just the marketing world, this whole idea of copy and like messaging and all of these things, I really think all of the story brand stuff by Donald Miller is a great place to start. Like read building a story brand, read marketing made simple, Like he kind of, all of his like stuff is really largely based off of like Joseph Campbell's like hero's journey, where it's like treating your audience like the hero of the story and seeing yourself as the guide. And that's just like a huge and really necessary perspective shift for a lot of people when they are trying to initially market themselves. So if you haven't already read those, those are great. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Caitlin, and you have a you have a course that's specifically for web copy, right? Or something like that. 
Probably should have checked quick. (laughs) That's okay. Um, Is Vine to Voice. And that one is focused on helping you create your brand messaging and your brand voice. And then the Copy House is a little bit more of a group program because we have like live Zoom calls and a Facebook group and stuff like that. And that's helping you actually craft your website copy. So like writing the words that you need for every single page of your site. So the two of them are kind of like, the Vine to Voice is kind of like the prerequisite for the copy house. You don't have to go through it before the copy house. It's just going to give you that deeper layer of clarity before you start trying to write your copy. So basically everyone just needs to go to your website because everything is there. <laughs> all the resources, yeah, all the recommendations. <laughs> We told you, you can get lost in it for weeks. Yeah. It's so I good. To, I try to update it regularly because I think that is the other like mindset that I've tried to maintain. And I would encourage other people to do that is, um, and when I was at Lululemon, if you guys are familiar with the manifesto bags that they have, one of the quotes on the manifesto is do it now. And it comes back to that whole idea of a task. If a task is going to take you like less than five minutes, like do it now. And that's updating the website for me because otherwise when you don't do that and you're just like, Oh, I don't feel like doing it again. This is why show it and Squarespace and all these user-friendly platforms are so great because you can do it yourself without having to hire someone else. Um, and it prevents you from feeling like six months later, like, Oh, I already feel like I completely need to redo my website. I hate it. Everything is old and outdated on there. So just like Every single week, whatever, if you know you spend an hour for like CEO tasks or CMO tasks on Mondays or Fridays or something like that, like maintaining your website is a great one to do. What does it say about me that I'm relating this to emptying the dishwasher every day? (laughs) (laughs) It takes two minutes. Why don't I just do that? It'll make my life so much easier. (laughs) It's so true. I think, Eva, you and I were having a conversation the other day over voice text, what's new, but... Just keeping your business, doing those incremental updates instead of hitting a wall, like you said, six months later, whether it's your website or whatever big mountainous task it feels like that you could just keep pushing off and do it later. Like that makes such a difference when you just commit to putting the work in consistently and then it's just, yeah, little bite-sized times versus a month-long project. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, and I think you could even, like, I'm going to go in my planner right now and just have an, I don't, even an hour a month, right? Like, just to look, at least look at it and see where you need to update. I just did this a little while ago and realized that one of my gift boxes was not even showing on the, like, (laughs) bestseller spot. (laughs) Like, it wasn't even showing on there. How, like, how long? I don't know. (laughs) It happens quickly. And a random thing that I do is like sometimes if my husband and I are just hanging out or whatever, I'll just like pick up my phone and I'll just be scrolling through the website and I'll just take screenshots of stuff that I see that's off. Or sometimes like, it's amazing how your voice will grow and evolve. Like even for me, like there are things that I wrote six months ago or a year ago that I'm kind of like, wouldn't write that now. (laughs) So I'll just, you know, take a screenshot of it and remind myself to kind of like, tweak that part of it. And then I sit down in front of my computer and I just quickly go through my screenshots and I make the little edits that I wanted to. And sometimes, especially with show it, because you can do something on desktop and forget to update on mobile. And I'll find like a big like block that's like covering up all the text and you're like, oh my gosh. So yep. same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so, so good. Uh, we typically end our episodes with some of the same questions each time. So if you're ready to jump into those, I think we'll head in that direction. Yeah, let's do it. 
So we want to know, what are you most excited about that's coming up in your business? You can be vague if it's a launch or or kind of give us, jump into it however far you want to. Yeah, definitely excited for the Coffee House relaunching in July. Um, it launched last July. Um, never really planned for it to take a full year, but we have been focused on client work and um, I re-recorded a lot of stuff, so it just took longer. So I'm really excited to get that back out there. Um, I'm excited about a client that I'm working with right now who's definitely a little bit more of a lifestyle lifestyle brand um, and just kind of getting things dialed in. We have some upcoming collaborations, just creating more and different offers. So there's a lot of stuff in the works. Lots like. of exciting things. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to watch it all because I will Thank be watching. You. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that because again, that's been just one of the best benefits of owning a business, connecting with so many people online like this is just really being able to sit and watch and kind of even be silent cheerleaders for each other, being loud cheerleaders for each other. Like it, it makes a difference. And it's, it's nice knowing that people are doing that for you. Oh my gosh. It makes, that's literally why we're here. Cause it makes such a difference. Yeah. Such a difference. It does. Okay. I want to hear what is the best piece of advice that you got from somebody when starting your business or maybe what's your best advice either way, either or yeah i i have no idea i'm i'm trying to think i don't know if there was a singular or what would you tell someone else that's starting a business that you've learned like the core core learning yeah i think something that just as i've been working over the past few months and like working to grow our team and just caring about the client experience and then we'll get really busy and I get worried that a ball is going to drop and a you know, client's going to be upset and we're going to disappoint someone. So I'm very intent on all of that. But I think like, like Donald Miller talks about just always making your clients and your audience, like the hero of the story, the hero of the brand, like putting the emphasis on them. Like that makes me so happy to be able to like, when they ask for something, like be a yes person for your clients. Like I'm not saying that that boundaries are not important and that you shouldn't have contracts in place and you shouldn't have numbers of revisions and things like that. But like, those are all there to save you and to protect you when you need them. But like just really being able to be the person that listens and gets stuff done for your clients and says yes and makes their life easier is going to go such a long way in word of mouth and just people wanting to work with you because they just walk away feeling like, wow, that actually like alleviated stuff from me. And I felt like I had someone who was an advocate and I could rely on. So I think it's like old school advice when it comes back to the client and the customer and just saying yes to them and letting them, you know, be right and being a partner for them and really kind of leading the charge for what they need. That's awesome advice and huge for literally every single kind of business. So that's, that's great. (laughs) All right. So now the fun little rapid fire round, I'm going to just shoot these questions at you and kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Sound good? Okay. So we want to know, what is your favorite software that you use in your business? Um, I mean, it's the most boring one, but I like Google Drive. Like, I couldn't run my business without Google Drive. So, <laughs> so <Amen>. true. <laughs> <laughs> I also realized how nerdy that question sounds after the like the fourth or fifth time asking it. Oh, but I think everyone gets it. <laughs> I could do a whole episode nerding out on that with you. So <laughs> Dude, come back. You're invited yeah. anytime. <laughs> All right. If 
if you are a sticky note person or not, we want to know how many sticky notes you have out on your desk. Um, I'm kind of like a journal notebook person. Like I have one of these. Like, yes. Notebook. <laughs> I have a golden coil. We, have, we're friends. Like, we're going to be friends <laughs> after this. Okay. Cause <laughs> the way my brain processes, I need to like see it on paper. So yes, journal people are my people. So Kelsey <laughs> added this question in here and I was the first one that she did these rapid fire questions on. And I'm like, I have like six notebooks on my desk, but I don't, yeah. I think I have two sticky notes <laughs> and look yeah. at her wall that you can see. <laughs> this has become the battle of the sticky note yeah. versus the journal. Maybe, so, maybe yeah, we should right. switch it to, do you, you have a sticky yeah. note? Yeah. Maybe that's a good yeah. one. Okay. That's okay. I didn't right. realize that there were like those two different types of people. Yeah. Because so. I'm, I have journals, but I like can't commit to writing on a page. So I'll have pages of sticky notes in my journal. That's yeah. how pathetic it is. <laughs> that is really funny. I always am like, I need to write stuff down on sticky notes more, but I feel like I lose them or I see them and I just like see them as clutter or something and then like throw them away. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you have a golden coil, I do. I have the literally the same one that you do. You just held it up. They're so beautiful. Kelsey has one also. But they're just notebooks are pretty. That's why I like I them. <laughs> handwriting was a little bit better that's like the only downer of my like love for girls like, like, like I just make them ugly oh my <laughs> word handwriting sucks we are so bad at rapid fire we always just jump this starts all the fun conversations I'm like well let me give you like a thesis about my answer <laughs> you are a writer so I get it um okay if you could fly anywhere in the world right now where would you go um I would either go to the south of France or the coast of Italy. Oh, yes. I said Italy also. Amalfi yeah, Coast. Okay. Oh my gosh. Best <laughs> <laughs> okay, another question that's kind of telling of how you are in organization. How many unread emails do you have in your inbox? Um, right now, because this is like a bad day, like like forty five probably, but um I'm not someone who like leaves like a thousand unread emails. I have all the unread emails at the top, the unread emails at the bottom. And I try to always, I try to get to inbox zero um, by the end of each day, but usually it's more like by the end of the week or just, I try to keep it to 10 or less, but <laughs> it's hard. That's awesome. That's another back and forth for us too. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I just have so many subscriptions. I can't deal. Yeah. Totally. Maybe it relates to the journal and the sticky note. I don't know. That's more how my brain works. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then lastly, how many beverages are out on your desk right now? <laughs> um, two, my coffee and my water, but then there's usually a seltzer that appears and then <laughs> wine and then tea. So yeah. <laughs> You are our people. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's our rapid fire questions for you. So I think that's kind of it. Let's give you a space to kind of just brag yourself up a minute. I mean, you talked a little bit about the courses, offerings that you have, but where can people find you, connect with you, all yeah, the things. Best places are copyuncorked.com and then copyuncorked on Instagram. That's where we're most active. Um, love chatting with people there. Feel free to send me a voice note. Always happy to reply to those. Um, and I would check out our shop page if you're interested in those DIY guides and templates. And then if your kind of ears were ringing um, with excitement about the possibility of having help with your website copy, then definitely go to the courses page and get on the wait list for the copy house. Um, and then the resources page 
has all of our freebies, our favorite tools, like my favorite things that I use in my home office, all that good stuff. I just have to say, I just finished your welcome email series mini course thing. Amazing. It walks you through so well and it took the intimidation out of starting an email list for me. So just another point. Thank you. (laughs) All right. And I think that's all we have today, folks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, Caitlin. We are so excited for everyone. If they don't already follow you, I'm sure they will be soon. And yeah, that's going to be a wrap for us today. Of course. Thank you again, Kelsey and Emma. I really appreciate it. It was fun chatting with you guys. Thank you. All right, everybody, you can catch us here next week, Tuesday. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment and a review if you liked this episode. We love hearing from you guys. And we will see you here next week, Tuesday.